episode 192 at busy living so by busy living so by busy living so by hi hi how are you i'm doing well thank you so what's coming up soon in your life anything that you want to share with uh your listeners or viewers excuse me viewers viewers and listeners now we have both thanks to any chance um well god willing on the 14th i will have 14 years of continuous sobriety so today's the 10th so that's in four days in four days hmm. well well we won't say congratulations yet but we will uh, wonder gosh wonder what it was like 14 years ago, which would have been four days before you got sober, right? Must have been pretty bad if you ended up getting sober. Oh my God. Well, I'm taking the computer and I'm going into a different room where I can be comfier, but I'm going to still stay on, of course. Um, what it was like, you know, you think back and um, at least for me, I think back and, um, and now I'm going to have artwork all behind me because I always love to have my artwork all behind me. But think back. At least I think back and go, wow, all right, 14 years ago. 14 years ago, I was um, I was actually living where my house in Pennsylvania that I have, I, I, I was living in that house, and I had bought that house in June. Very loud where you are. I'm on the water down in Florida. It's really loud. Anyway. So 14 years ago, I was living in my house in Wayne. I'd been divorced for almost two years. No, I'd been divorced two years. Divorced two years, three little kids, and I'd been renting a house for a while. I'd been renting a house for two years. So I got divorced in 2004, sold right. my house, my marital home, and... I literally say this, and for the people who haven't heard it, here you go. When I got divorced, I felt like I like I dropped a grenade in my living room and shrap metal hit everyone. So everyone was sad. And my drinking escalated to craziness. It was crazy. It was a crazy, I think back to what it was like 14 years ago, and it was insane. Yeah, usually, I usually say it must have been pretty bad if you ended up getting sober. That's, yeah, yeah. that's usually the sign. <laughs> it was insane, but it was insane in a weird way that a lot of, um, I feel like we don't hear a lot about in a lot of stories because mine wasn't like, I didn't have the police chasing me. I didn't have metal around my wrists. I didn't have that chaos, but I had the chaos of, not knowing who I was, not knowing what really made me tick. I knew that I didn't want to have any feelings. I mean, that was my biggest thing. I was like, I cannot feel. I really felt like if I had any feelings at all, I'd become like Humpty Dumpty. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. So I had had all these feelings that were just overwhelming. Completely and utterly overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Where I'm always curious too, because I've heard you say that before. But what do you think the feelings were going to be? Was it just like the big sadness of the divorce, or 
Like I thought the feelings were going to be like the feelings that I let my kids down, the feelings that I, I left my ex-husband even though I needed to, the feelings that I was a failure because my marriage didn't work. And that was like one thing because I came from a divorced family. So the last thing I ever wanted to do was get divorced. So I was like, I felt like when I took those, those um, vows, because I got married in a church, and when I took those vows, it meant something to me. Like, it was serious. Like, I'm like, I'm marrying this man for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, for sickness and in health. And so when I got divorced, I had an overwhelming sense of like, I'm a loser. Like, I'm a loser. I couldn't even stay married. I had to get divorced, yeah. I, you know. that. Do you, can you relate to that? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. No, it's, I, I know exactly like what that feeling's like of, yes, it's like that strange combination of self-loathing and self-pity all wrapped up in one. Yeah. So I see. So that was, so that was in the background and that's, that, those are the feelings that you were just trying to keep at bay. Yeah. The feelings of like, I was like a complete and utter failure mm -hmm. and I failed at life and I failed at the one thing that I thought I was going to be really good at was which was being a wife and I failed well, let me tell you honey I'll just interrupt for a second you're a really good wife okay I am yes so you haven't failed at that I did the first time I don't think so it was a definitely a challenging situation so 14 years ago, I was, so I bought this house and I was living this lifestyle and I had these kids and it was awesome. But I was living in this house and all I would do was party, right? Like I partied all the time and I would go out with my friends and, and, and I'd stay for last call for alcohol. Like it was crazy. And Kent was 10 years old then. Uh -huh. Yeah. Kent was a baby. Right? He was 10. 10 is young. He was 10 and Hadley was eight and Henry was six. And so I had these three young people, short people, let's call them short people. And I had these three short people and, you know, they'd go to their dads and I felt like every time they'd leave to go to their dads, like part of my heart went, went out the door with them. Like it was like part of my heart left and it would be like, oh my God. And I didn't want to have any feelings. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to go do something. I've got to go drink. I've got to go drink. I've got to go drink. And I found these girls that drank just the same way I did. So that was a, uh, like an every other weekend kind of thing, huh? Every other weekend. Yep. And it wasn't every night, it, but when I drank, that was the part that I didn't understand. You know, when I, you know, being an alcoholic in some ways, you know, I have a sister that was always like, oh my God, you're not an alcoholic because you don't carry your bottle in a bag and you don't jump on trains and da, 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 da. But the reality was, is that every time I drank, I got drunk. Mm-hmm. Yep, whether you wanted to or not, right? Well, I I don't remember ever not wanting to. I mean, like, I would say to myself, I don't want to get drunk tonight, but, like, I didn't do, like, 
I, I hear a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I made sure I only had, you know, I had this drink or that drink. I didn't really, I never tried to get sober till I got sober. And um, so when I did get sober, that was like it. It wasn't like I tried 10 million times. I mean, I would be, I mean, I remember my sister taking me to the hospital for a hangover because I was, I, that summer, I think I even went to the, that summer I went to the hospital for. Makes, that makes sense. That summer of 20, 2006, I'm like, I'm, I need to go to the hospital. I'm dying. I'm dying. And she was like, what did you drink last night? And I was like, mm, I had a dirty martini. I had a couple of bottles of wine. I probably had a sex on the beach shot. I probably had a cosmopolitan shot. I probably had uh, uh, Irish mist maybe a shot of whiskey. Like that was my thing. Like I was like a trash can. Like once it started, I couldn't stop. And again, and I, I know that they say I went to beer and I went to this. I, I, I I would sometimes go to beer, but I was never the, I mean, I would drink Amstel light. I remember that. And when I was younger, I drank Bud Light because I'm from St. Louis, but it was never like, I knew that I was a drunk. I knew I would call my girlfriends the next day because I was a blackout drinker, right? Like, so I never remembered the next day. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, oh my God, what did I do last night? You know? Yep. Yep. I know what you mean. So then you got to find out. But I, there were no, like, that was 14 years ago. I, I mean, I know cell phones were invented 14 years ago, but there weren't any iPhones then. And there weren't the photos on the phone like there are now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, God. Um, there were no photos. There was no social media. There was no Facebook. There was none of that stuff 14 years ago. I mean, it's kind of crazy. There were none of those. Like, it's funny. Like, people have drink this Tito's for the longest time. They'd be like, I'm going to get some Tito's. I'm going to get some Tito's. I'm like, what is that Tito's? I was like. I, I thought it was tequila. Just because so of the name. I. Look at what we know. It was vodka. Um, yep. So, you know, it was really the last place I wanted, the last thing I ever really, if you had said to me 14 years ago today, are you going to get sober? I don't think my answer would have been yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm almost positive I wouldn't have said yes. Because that was three days before your last drink, right? Right now we're, so it's the 10th and it's the 14th. So it's in four days. So so 10, so last year, so 14 years ago today, my sister was getting married. My grandmother had just died. I was drinking a lot. I was nervous about my drinking. Like the first time I ever got really nervous about it. Like I knew that I drank more than other people. I knew that I always pushed it over the edge because, and during my blackouts, I would go in and out of blackouts. So I couldn't talk. So mm-hmm. I might be out at a bar standing in front of you physically, but I was not there. Like I was in a blackout. So then my voice was, and I also fell a lot. That's the other thing. I fell. So I'm five nine and um, I'm not like a skinny little girl. I'm a curve. I'm a curvy woman. When I fall, it's like a big deal. It's not like this little girl that's falling. It's like a larger woman's falling and it's not that attractive. And I was 37 years old. So I was 37 years old. Can you believe I was 37 years old? That was crazy. 37 years old. I had three little kids. 
That's crazy. I was 37 years old. Three little kids. Well, I'm interested in something. Now, you said you were getting nervous about it. So what did, what did they say when you went to the hospital for the hangover? You know, what did you think about that? Did that make you nervous? No, well, the one thing that's kind of crazy is that I didn't give, and, 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 and not to curse, but I didn't care, really, I'm not going to say the word I was going to say, which is S-H-I-T, but um, I didn't really give, I didn't care what other people thought that much about me. I cared about the people that like were my friends cared about me, but strangers, no, no. Did no, not you, you, they didn't medically say, hey, you need to slow down or anything like that. No. I wasn't at that place. I mean, not that that's a bad place to be, but mine was like, you know, in a 12-step group, they may say that I have a high bottom. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But that's where I'm like, I think the bottoms don't even need to be like defined by other people because for me, it was a, a big enough bottom. I had three small children and every time I drank, I got drunk. Every time I drank, I got myself into situations that, that were not good that I would not have done normally. Right. And that was my, that was, I have to move again because my phone's going to, my computer's going to die. Um, the, um, well, at least you're getting a nice little walk around the house with you today. Yeah. Everybody can walk around with me today. Cause next looks week. Lovely. Looks lovely by the way. It's very nice here. And next week we'll be coming from Pennsylvania cause I have to go to Pennsylvania. But so back to what I'm saying, not to regress. So you know, that feeling and that sense, like, am I an alcoholic? Am I not an alcoholic? What is wrong with me? What is going on with me was something that was a big deal, right? Like it was a big, big deal. Um, it was a big deal to say, you know, I'm going to quit this now. I'm going to quit it. I'm going to be done with it. I remember like... Just feeling like I just hated myself. You know, I might put on the bed, and I, I, it was just identified actually a couple months ago by a therapist that I actually see because I do seek therapy. And I was talking to her, and she said, Image management. And I was like, What's image management? She goes, You're really good at image management. And I'm like, What does that mean? And what image management meant was that if I were wearing the right outfit, which I always did, if I had the right shoes, the right handbag, if it all looked okay on the outside, like the package on the outside looked good, then I was okay. Like, right? I had to drive a nice car. I had to have the right outfit on. And if that was okay, then I was okay. Mm -hmm. But now... Like looking back, I was so on the inside, so not okay. I was so not okay. I was not okay. I was not okay. I was broken. I was broken. I was a broken person. And I explained to somebody that interviewed me last week, I was like that stained glass window you see in the church that's filled with soot. Like I, it was like, you could see there was beauty there, but it was all covered with shame. It was shame, so much shame and so much remorse and so much sadness and so much, um, it was just, my stained glass was dirty. Mm. My like that, like that analogy. 
Yeah, I was, I felt dirty. I felt like I knew I could be a better person, but how was I going to do it? How was I going to do it? Because it seemed just so hard because alcohol was my best friend. It was like the, the answer to all of my prayers. It could make, like the alcohol could make everything okay. I could make me not have to feel those feelings of shame and remorse and sadness and everything else that comes with drinking. Like all that stuff that I used that was like my coping mechanism and the way that I got through another day mm -hmm. was actually killing me. Mm -hmm. So you were rapidly heading to your, uh, unbeknownst to you, to your bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So you had, you went to a wedding, you said, how was that? My sister got married and half the people there were sober. Again, I had the right dress on. I had great dress, orange and white. I love orange. I had an orange and white dress on that a friend of mine, Vanessa Fox, had made for me. And uh, I wore the dress and I wore orange shoes. I remember parts of the night. I don't remember all of them. I mean, now sitting here, I barely remember it. I barely remember. I remember the photographs that were taken and my daughter was in it, Hadley, and she was beautiful. Like Hadley was little. She was so in this white dress and her hair was done. She, I just remember she had a bun on her head like I do right now. And um, my sister Allison looked beautiful and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. And just that feeling of like, oh, I just felt yucky. I just felt, I, and then I, I was at the wedding and somebody came up to me the next day and they were like, you know, you're an alcoholic. And I was just, I mean, I didn't yell at the person cause that's just not my style. I mean, maybe today I actually might yell at the person. But, cause now I really believe in myself. But back then I was kind of like, okay, you're going to call me a name. I'm just going to take it because I hated myself so much. I'm like, okay, go ahead, abuse me. So this guy's like, you know, you're an alcoholic. And I was like, oh, well, see you later. And of course, I probably had a dirty march. I probably had a mimosa and a Bloody Mary in the other hand. And I remember I got in the car a couple hours later and I drove to the beach and I was alone. And I think that being alone as an alcoholic, because it's a brain thing. It's not the drinking. It has nothing to do really with the drink at the end of the day. It's the whole, what it does for me, my mental health. So, right. So my brain then said, are you an alcoholic? Are you not an alcoholic? Are you an alcoholic? Are you not an alcoholic? Are you an alcoholic? Are you not an alcoholic? Are you an alcoholic? Are you not an alcoholic? And I remember that I still remember that being in, oh my gosh, I just remember it like it was yesterday. So I'm in the car and I'm having those feelings and I got to the beach and somebody said, do you want to drink? And I said, no. And they were like, oh, okay, you're not going to have a drink. And I said, no. So and in my, in my head, I'm going, see, I'm not an alcoholic. Because I thought an alcoholic had to get drunk every day, right? You had to live. There was this criteria to be an alcoholic. You like had to get drunk every day. You had to live underneath a park bench or underneath this freeway. You had to have a box. You didn't have a zip code. You didn't have a phone. You didn't have anything, right? Like you were a vagrant to society. You were not somebody who actually had a car or lived in a house and had three kids. You were not a mom. You know, I had all those preconceived notions in my head that, you know, that I didn't, I didn't fit that, right? I didn't fit that underneath the bridge and all that sort of thing. So when I got to the beach and they said, do you want to drink? And I said, no. And then 
the next day I got up early and I was like, okay, it's a good day. See, I'm, I'm not hungover. Life is good. I'm good again. See, I don't have a problem. That guy was crazy. Uh-huh. And um, I went back, I went to the beach and I came home at four o'clock in the afternoon and somebody said, do you want to drink? And I said, sure. I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere in the world. And I had a drink and I was literally sitting at the end of the dock of the bay drinking and talking on my cell phone and smoking cigarettes. And it was like 3 a.m. Everybody else was asleep and there I was. So that, that one drink took you right to the end of the dock. It took me to where it always took me. Yep. By myself, sitting alone, smoking cigarettes, just... Uh, but so, and then that is when I woke up the next day and I went for a run on the beach and those that know me know I walk a lot, but I do not run. And I went for a run and I fell to my knees and I said, God, please help me. And that was the last time I drank. And, you know, it's been interesting because the 14 years since then has been like to say it's been idyllic and it's been storybook would be a big fat lie. It hasn't been, it's been hard. Like life did not change. Like life still gets lifey, right? Like I still have things that come up. Like I, you know, I had a couple boyfriends. I had major financial issues. Uh, I had just, Kid issues. I, I mean, I say to people all the time, when my oldest child graduated from high school, I felt like I had run a marathon. I mean, it was like, thank you, God. Like you fall on your knees when you see people running in these marathons. That's how I felt when he graduated from high school. Um, and since then, he's graduated from college too. But um, that was hard. Like being a single mom and my ex-husband drank all the time. So he didn't get sober until my kids were um, old, a little bit older. I think, my, I think Kent was a junior. I think that's right. Am I right? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I think he was a junior in high school. And um, so it was like me for a long time. And so I was sober, but I was still filled with fear for many, many, many years. Like, how are my kids going to be okay with their dad? What's going on with that? Do I need to get police involved? Do I have to call? It was a lot. It was a lot. Like, looking back, that was a lot. A lot. And then I met you, and that was awesome. But that came with a lot of trials and tribulations as well. I feel like here we are two and a half years into our marriage and um, maybe um, I guess it's more than two and a half years, but we, it's like, we just, it's, you, you know, we, she's, we life, it's life. Life is not always easy and it's get how it's not, you know, there's always, there's that old saying, it's not, um, what is it? It's not how you dance in the rain, but that you dance in the rain. It's something like that. It's like, Uh it's not the fact that, you know, it's life happens and it's what you do with it. And, you know, for the, the people that are listening that are brand new, I, you know, not to scare you off, but it was really like, I used my first year of sobriety as, um, I took a time out of life. I I'm just going to say that I, I, people thought I'd moved. People were like, did you move to a different state? And I was like, no, I've just been hanging out in church basements. Um, and I really did with my sponsor and my guide, my, you know, your tour guide through life at that point, my sponsor. And she would, you know, it was like, don't get into a relationship for a year. 
um, go to a meeting every day, call me every day. And for some reason, I really listened to this woman and I did exactly what she wanted me to do because I really wanted to get better. I wanted to get better so much more than I wanted to party. I was like, I've got to get better. I do not want to be like this anymore. So anything she said, I was like, okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. I mean, like literally, I think she, if she had told me to jump off a bridge, I probably would have done it maybe. But, you know, I was dying to get better. I was dying to not feel like I was dying anymore. So I did everything that was, that was asked of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you one story. When I, this is the crazy thing. So I got sober August 14, 2006. And yep. I was a big wine drinker, huge wine drinker. And like I'd gone to Napa numerous, numerous, many times. I like took a sommelier course to teach, to, to like sell wine. My friend owns a vineyard in Napa. And I was going to meet. I planned on going to California. I I get sober. I still have plans to go. I made these plans to go to California. But my, <coughs> Excuse my, me. You're yawning. Am I boring you? No, that was a cough. Okay. So my ex-husband was planning on getting married, which is kind of emotional, right? Even though I didn't want to be married to him anymore, it still felt like, oh my gosh, this guy I was married to is getting remarried. I want to get out of Dodge. I'm going to go to California. Yeah. And, you, and you hadn't been divorced for very long either, really. Right. I was like brand new divorce and he's getting remarried and I'm like, oh my God, this feels very uncomfortable. And so I booked this trip to go to California and mm-hmm. I went to Napa and I went and literally my, one of my closest friends, and I'm just going to say her name's Juge. I'm not going to go into what the rest of her name is. Her name's Juge. And so I said, Juge, I'm coming out there and I get out there and I'm like, I just want to tell you, I quit drinking. And she's like, oh my God, busy. That's freaking awesome. I got your back. And, um, she totally, totally, totally had my back. And so I went to California and she took me to meetings and I went to a meeting in Gilroy, California, where they make, where they pick the garlic and I- The garlic capital of the world, yes. Exactly. And I went to a meeting there and nobody spoke English, but I went and, you know, I did exactly what was asked of me. You know, I went out there and my friend supported me and she wasn't sober, but she just wanted the best for me. I went to like, I went to a party in, uh, on the end of Long Island with one of my best friends. And I was like, I just want to drink. And she's like, you're not drinking busy. I've got your back. I've got your back. Like there were so many, like my friends, my real friends that I've had my whole entire life, like seriously had my back. I mean, all of them had my back and always wanted the best for me. And I think that was something that was a gift again from God. Like I am so lucky that I had these, I have these friends that like wanted to see me get better, you know? Um, So that first year having all these things happen in my life and um, I planted that seed. I planted a seed that, so like my tree is kind of like a palm tree, right? Like a palm tree makes it through hurricanes. They leave, they can sway. They, you know, they sometimes bend a little bit and they bend the other way. And that's what sobriety has been for me. Like I'm kind of like a palm tree. I, I, I bend, but my, my number one thing is that I still always want to get better. And I'm not all the way better by any stretch of the imagination. It's one day at a time for me. Um, my biggest thing that helped me stay sober the whole entire time was yesterday, today, and tomorrow, like yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here yet. And all I have is today. And so that always helped alleviate. 
And the longer I stay sober, the more tools I get invested. Right now I'm a big meditator. I meditate every morning. Um, I'm trying a new fellowship on, and um, that's also been challenging and wonderful and it's same thing. Um, so it's really just living life one day at a time. Mm -hmm. So 14 years ago and here we are today. And here we How are. How about that? How about that? Mm -hmm. And uh, in another four days, it will really be 14 years without a drink. That's pretty awesome. I wonder 14 years ago, forget about it, because you said 14 years ago, you said I, you weren't even going to, you wouldn't even consider it to stop drinking. But when you got to that point, you know, could you have imagined actually, gee, I'm going to do this for 14 years? Like, that seems like a significant amount of time, doesn't it? I guess in hindsight, like in the rearview mirror, like when I just said to you, like I was 37 when I got sober, well now I'm 51. So <laughs> um, that's, that's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. It's a huge, it's a huge accomplishment. I, I feel like I did, I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. So like I know some people like to have big parties and all the rest of it. And I don't know what we're going to actually do because we're going to be driving the day before. So who knows what I'm going to do, but it's just, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams because still to this day, I wake up in the morning. I know where my car is. I know what I said last night. I know what I did last night. And that is what propels me to get another day because that, if I think of what life used to be like, it was just, it was, I wasn't living. And I think, you know, you said that that's what's going to propels me to get another day. So, you know, your, uh, your message to uh, newcomers is, you know, it's about just today, right? A day at a time. And, and uh, that you don't have to think about not doing something for the rest of your life. It's like, I don't know. I, I think about like, all right, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm not going to eat cheese for 30 days like I can't do it you know I cannot last 30 days without eating cheese I've never tried to say I'm just not gonna eat cheese today and see if I could do that like 30 days in a row because that's not how I planned my diets right um, I didn't plan my sobriety that way either thank goodness and I'm sure you feel the same way yeah it's just today and, you know, I'm going to end with this. Like I would never, you know, people say, what were your dreams? And my dreams were that I wanted to be the next Barbara Walters. Like that's all I ever wanted to be as a kid. If you are old enough to even know who Barbara Walters are is, and you're listening to this or watching this. And she was an interviewer and she always interviewed all these celebrities. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And it's kind of crazy that now I have this platform mm -hmm. and you know, I'm out there helping alcoholics and drug addicts all over the world, right? And my whole thing is that I want everybody to know that, like, if I can do this, so can you. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that you're not alone and you just get one more day. And if that means going to bed early, if that means eating a, a, eating an entire thing of ice cream so that you don't pick up a drink or that drug, then just do it and get into bed and go to sleep and tomorrow's a new day. Like every day 
is a new day. And whatever you have to do to get through that day and not pick up a drink or a drug is what is important. And finding out what that is for you, like whatever that is, if that is getting ice cream, if that's ordering sushi, if that's going to eat a bucket of fried chicken, I mean, whatever it is, like doing something like that rather than picking up the drink or the drug. But take care of yourself and falling in love with yourself. And it takes time. It takes time. It does not happen overnight. So don't give up. Don't give up before the miracle happens. Thank you so much, Busy. And uh, congratulations for 13 years and 361 days. Way to go. Thank you. And so do you know what I want to say? My big question that I'm asking everybody now, because I, when I do my interviews, is like, so how do you stay busy living sober? And so, so how do you stay busy living sober? Well, I'm just going to say this past weekend, I, um, I water skied for the first time in five years and I got up. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I still got it. That felt good. And then I play golf. Mm-hmm. And I beat, and did you beat somebody while you're playing golf? I beat you. How about that? That probably felt really good. That felt really good. Mm-hmm. It felt really good. You know, life is good. Life is good today. Um, I don't want to wish today away anymore. I really don't. That's a really nice thing to hear. Thanks, Jeff, for coming on with me on my anniversary. Thanks for having me. And yes. I'll see you on your real anniversary in a few days. You will see me on my new anniversary. And maybe I'll get on here and do something too on here. Who knows? And um, until next time, everybody. You know, keep getting busy living sober. And if you need to reach out and know that you're not alone, please do. And you can reach me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busy, B-U-S-Y, livingsober.com. And um, please, again, know that you're not alone. You too can do this just one day at a time. Sometimes it's a second at a time, a minute at a time, an hour at a time, and then a day at a time. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And I'm cheering for you, even if I don't even know you. And um, until next time, keep getting busy, living sober. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.